You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street, horror for the casually obsessed. I'm Kim. I'm John. And today, we are hitting up some J-horror. We are talking about Pulse from 2001. Yeah, some classic J-horror, too. And this is one that I don't think we either of us had seen before. Nope. Um, we'd seen the 2006 remake uh I'll be honest I I think I skipped that one I don't know if I've seen that one oh you haven't yeah like it came out around that sort of Americanized J-horror area and I was like I think I could skip this one yeah I don't remember it being one of the beloved J-horror remakes there are very few American (laughs) J-horror remakes that are beloved I think it was like the beginning of the end for like the Americanization of uh Japanese horror and after seeing this, I really want to revisit it because I remember having no idea what it was about. That and I mean, it, it's just be like, I don't understand these leaps. And this pulse, don't understand the leaps. But watching an adaptation of it, I can I can be like, oh, they kept this. Adapted <laughs> from our man, Wes Craven. Like, surely there's... I mean, I think you had tried to... That's how we wound up talking about Deadly Blessing. You're like, I mean, Pulse was written by I Wes I keep Craven. trying. It's a very Nightmare on Film Street movie, John, and I think having done its OG, it is inevitable to get Wes Craven's Pulse on here. There's some movies we've been circling around. Fear.com's another one of them, and Pulse is also. We're here talking I about it today, I think they would both though. go together really well. <laughs> Perhaps one day. Uh, yeah, Pulse, first time watch for the both of us, but uh, totally creepy. Like, I gotta say, like, there are, you know, three good things about Pulse as a person who's never seen it before. We've got some some J-horror certified skittery creepy ghosts. Yeah, it's like some with hair in their face is a must a must have. Yeah. Lots of creepy eye contact. <laughs> Lots of, that's enough to get you these days, right? Like, oh, people are making eye contact. Uh, good thing number two. Ghost mold. Ooh, spooky ghost mold. Okay, well, don't say it like you don't mean it. Ghost mold, motherfuckers. <laughs> hey, if black mold is enough for you to just, like, condemn a house, ghost mold should be enough for you to leave the it's country. It's not even ghost mold, though. It's, like, the remnants of your friends who've just lost their will to live mold. I want to get into a lot of detail about that mold, because <laughs> I think it's something else entirely. But good thing number three. Existential mold dread. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We will expand on that later. But it's like it's a J it's a supernatural J horror movie that sort of becomes a fucking post apocalyptic survival story. Yeah, it's like every zombie film you've ever seen. Yeah. But we get there via ghosts and tech ghosts at that. Like, don't you love a Y2K ghost? This is Y2K ghosts at their most expansive <laughs> this is what people thought new year's day was going to look like in the year 2000 like oh fire everywhere people missing <laughs> ghosts like it's like oh, yeah, everything's going wrong when the clocks turn back um yeah so those are those are three good things from a person who's never really seen this movie is constantly confused by j-horror movies we tried to do the grudge on the podcast and we just like couldn't grasp the plot there were just a lot of threads and we yeah. we were very not 
good at it. The more the more we delve into J horror classics, the more I'm realizing that that might just be like a pretty common theme because it's it's true about this one as well. We got a Game of Thrones amount of characters exactly. to follow. It's just like these threads have nothing to do with each other and just just go with it. And I was like, do they know each other? No, they do not. <laughs> but they will eventually, maybe, hopefully. Uh, no big deal, though. We totally recommend checking out this movie. If it's been on your J-Horror watch list, you gotta seek it out. It's on Tubi right now. There's very few roadblocks between you and, uh, and you know, your next set of J-Horror styled nightmares. I mean, it is like three hours long on Tubi because you have to watch a million contact lens solution ads, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's free and legal. Written and directed by Kaoshi Kurosawa, Pulse is currently sitting at a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 76% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 3.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Something I learned when just Wikipediaing like all of the names, just so we wouldn't sound com- like complete idiots. In oh, doing we this will episode. probably still. We're still going to, but not complete. Okay. Um, was that the actual literal translation of the Japanese title is Circuit, which I think makes more sense for this version of the film, the original version of the film. I agree. Especially when um, the characters kind of start to explain like what the fuck is happening and why we're seeing ghosts and, and why the alive human characters are being affected so. It's got this very simple explanation of like, you know, humans are connecting and bumping into each other and... Why can't ghosts connect and bump into each and other? And then you have this like ghost in the machine who's fucking shit up and they're completing a different circuit altogether. Yes. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. I think they probably should have kept it. Pulse, at the very least, sort of, I don't know, it gives you that idea that like there's been an evil transmission. Something's coming out of this and mm-hmm. it affecting you. So, I mean, does it? Pulse does sound scary. Pulse works too. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Circuit just is a little more in line with the themes of the movie which are way more in depth than i thought i was expecting like oh some kids go to a scary website and it like haunts them and then they commit suicide because of it and what we got was this this philosophical exploration on the meaning of death and what death is and and how death can be achieved while still being a living person yeah and loneliness and how profoundly alone the human existence is you're just like fuck guys it's 11 a.m i'm not ready for this yeah well here's the other thing at midnight this movie would fuck you up because then you gotta go to bed afterward you're like great i gotta deal with all these thoughts love it at least now you have like another 10 hours (laughs) at least now you have to ruminate on it for the (laughs) whole day what are you talking about i'm gonna dull it out with alcohol (laughs) it's gonna be great 
Oh, uh, yeah. What a weird, weird movie. This, and I'm, I'm saying this right now. If you are a, I don't know why that was like a statement, but like if you are a huge fan of David Lynch's stuff. Oh, it's so Lynchy. Especially the Twin Peaks, like the craziest parts of Twin Peaks The Return. You're going to love Pulse. Yeah, all of the ghost appearances and movements are so dreamlike. Yeah. they're not even as digital as I was anticipating. Like there is some skittering in digital stuff, but yeah. there's yeah. there is some really weird layers on top of layers. Like their existence is on a different plane than this one, and they just so happen to be colliding. Like there was a a circuit or a pulse, and there's another film on top of what you know hum- humans are seeing. Do, do, do you think that's kind of how people like look at the afterlife with ghosts anyway? Like if ghosts are real and they're walking around like they and we can't see them, then it, it is kind of just like a world a layer that's on top of ours yeah like we're a tiramisu and they're what they're, <laughs> they're a different tier on the masu <laughs> okay yeah exactly like that that's ex- that's exactly where i thought this conversation would go i was just trying to make it you know what a delicious descriptor kim thank you before we get into like the weird 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 weirdness of the movie we probably should talk a little bit about the plot it, it is kind of a similar standard setup to some of your other j-horror movies like we've got a character who uh, mysteriously suddenly commits suicide and best their friends can figure out it's because of a obsession obsession <laughs> they have you know eventually sort of pinpoint it to like a website that he was going to do they pinpoint it to a website i don't i was really just kind of being kind <laughs> like i don't i don't know a, that there's a lot of connective tissue between some of the biggest decisions and discoveries in the movie. Yeah, because it's really weird how... So the first character who kills himself is Taguchi, and he is, you know, friends with the team at the flower shop, and he's preparing a disc for them for this flower shop. And now I don't know if something he found in preparing this disc for, let me say again, the flower shop, <laughs> he discovered this doorway to ghosts. And, um, or if it's just because he's a computer guy. Like, it's just like, oh, he's the computer guy. We yeah. need somebody to, <laughs> c- to prepare our flower shop disc. We'll get the computer guy. We and need in his, our flower shop tech. <laughs> and in his midnight hours, he's been checking out the internet. The internet's still pretty new. Yeah, and so Michi, our lead from that story. Now, this is this is one part of the story. Okay. So Michi, she goes to check on him because they haven't gotten the disc. Yeah. And he's there being all, like, aloof and weird. But, you know, mostly himself but still just a little odd and stiff and antisocial. Uh-huh. And she goes to grab the disc and then she goes back to see him. And, oh, he's hung himself during that conversation. He's just like, oh, you know what? No more living for me. Thanks. So, yeah, that, that was my first question for you. Whether you think that he had committed suicide in the short period of time that she was rifling through all of his stuff. Or if she was communicating with his ghost. Oh, I love that. And when she discovered his body, that's the first time she realized that he'd been dead for a while. No. So I think he he definitely killed himself while she was in the other room. Because while they were casually talking, he picked up a rope and was like walking around oh, with the rope. Fuck. Yeah. So he was literally just like, just got to get my rope ready. To... <laughs> Ooh. Um, so... From that, they she gets the disc. They go back to the flower shop, and they're looking on the disc, and then they see this weird image where Taguchi is standing, staring at his computer, and then an exact image of that is on his computer screen. And that's kind of it for his thread and how he relates to, like, the computer stuff. But it's just like, is this... 
a screen cap from that weird website. In our other story, we follow Ryosuke, who has just connected to the internet. He's really cool. Everybody's doing it. Just going to get on there. <laughs> He's and our so- California bro. Like, <laughs> that's how we've been referring to him before we started recording. And he- <laughs> so he signs up uh, via disc and dial-up connection to this film's version of AOL, which is uh, Uranus. Uranus. <laughs> hey, man, maybe Uranus was like a real AOL-style thing in Japan. We have no idea. That's true. But it immediately takes him to the most haunted website ever. Right? Like, he logs on, and it's just like, would you like to see a ghost? <laughs> like, first off, if I put that disc in my yes. computer at, like, 13, I'd be like, this is why, every- why, why? This is what I wanted. <laughs> why, why, why? Yeah. You get that little, like, little uh, chicken plum bob, whatever, that Homer had. Like, yeah, just ghost after ghost, baby. Deliver them to my inbox. Why, why, why? That that was um, a real joy for me. The beginning of this movie was remember- remembering my early internet days. Well, because you get, like, full screen shots of watching people just go through user agreements to install the internet. And he's like, oh, reading this, skip. <laughs> yeah, like that would have been boring in 2007. But, uh, you know, it was crazy engaging in 20, 2001 because it was like, ooh, I don't have the internet. Ooh, this is so fun to watch. And it's just as entertaining in 2023 when you're I like, remember, I remember those days. <laughs> I remember Windows 99. <laughs> yeah. My early internet days, I was so about ghosts and stuff. I had these things bookmarked, saved, of libraries that were allegedly haunted that had 24-hour webcams. Whoa! Yeah, and so I used to just, you know, waste our family's phone line for hours upon hours of the day dialing up to AOL and just watching a screen refresh every 30 seconds trying to catch a ghost. Well, yeah, and it was always scarier when it was like that weird refresh rate. Because it wasn't a live, like it was a live stream, but the quality of the internet, you got a photo capture every 30 seconds. So you're just hoping to be the one that catches a ghost and then you would screen cap it and email them and then they had a folder of all of the screen caps that people had caught and I so desperately like my 12 year old goal in life was to get into that ghost captured from the live you wanted to get in that folder yeah I I wanted in there the hall of fame (laughs) I think I submitted a few things but I don't think they were anything (laughs) they never they never got up in the in the folder no Eh, (laughs) the internet got better before I got a ghost like this is a fly I remember... uh, But there was a camera in the kids' room. I'm sorry. There was a camera in the kids' area, and there was, like, an area with, like, stuffed animals and shit, and you do not know how long I stared at those fucking, like, stuffed bunnies just, like, trying to catch a move. (laughs) That's so great. I... Maybe you remember this website. I'm not going to go off on a huge tangent, but, like, I was not nearly that cool. Uh, the, the closest I got to that was a early website that somebody had set up where you could control the electronics in his room. It was just one ca- one webcam set up in a room, and you could click a button to like turn his lamp on and off. That's fun. Yeah, and it's like weird. It's very weird. But like you'd be in there with like eight people, and it's just like everybody's just like turning stuff on and off in the room. Was he in there? I never saw him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like was he trying to get work done? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Like it was, it was like Eric's room, you know. Like it's probably just like somebody's office they had set up. Like don't go in there. You don't you don't want to deal with it. <laughs> There's a bunch of lights flickering. It's an art thing. <laughs> It does seem like no one uses the internet for anything but getting haunted in the movie, right? I mean, that that engineer class, I'm sure, is doing something with the internet. You'd think. None of the computer screens are on. They're all just, like, flipping through binders and pointing and looking very interested. They also happen to come up with the thesis for the movie, though. That's so cool. And it, we're going to have to come back to that several times. It looks like a screensaver. It is definitely just a screensaver that somebody programmed. But it's supposed to be a live 
updating thing that a uh, a graduate had uh, completed at the school a few years ago, and it's just these little white orbs that bounce around the screen. The rules behind it are that if the orbs get too close to each other, they kill each other and disappear, but if they get too far apart, they're attracted back to each other, which is essentially just a, kind of a thesis for life in some regard. Yeah. You know how she, we're all murderers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but she, well, she basically said, and by she, I'm, I'm talking about Haru, who ends up being Ryosuke's kind of companion throughout his journey in, this, in the film. She's a science Well, yeah, that's because his storyline is just like, I don't know how to work my computer and I need help because <laughs> I'm getting scared. Yeah, and she's like, okay, so click backspace. <laughs> He's like, wait, 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 let me, let, me, let, me, let me write all of this down. <laughs> and it's like, we really watch him write down everything she says. Oh, his storyline, he hovers and flips through magazines so many times i so thoroughly wanted to put this film on 1.5 speed and it was purely for him <laughs> but then you'd come to scenes where we make dramatic leaps and you're like I, there's a whole scene Slow we missed down. yeah just like there are parts where you're like i need this to speed up and then there are other parts where you're like i need a deleted scene like i am absolutely missing something <laughs> But yeah, so this program is really interesting when we hear about it through Haru's um, interpretation that that it's kind of how humans have utilized the internet. Like when she first goes to Ryosuke's house, she is like, oh, what what made you want to get on the internet? Like you, you want to connect with people. And, and that's why she thinks this program is similar to humans because in our daily life, we're getting farther and farther and farther from connecting to people. Mm. And then this innovation, the internet happens and we can all kind of connect to each other at will. And it's really interesting now seeing how like we're starting to realize that the internet and this constant connectivity is pretty awful because <laughs> we're like ganging up on each other and going back to the dark ages in terms of like, you know, being judge, jury, and executioner all in one hour. Well, even even <laughs> more than that, there is an idea in the movie that death is eternal loneliness. And like, man, damn, just like 20 years ahead of the curve on realizing that if like if we all spent all of our time just like watching social media, we might become very depressed by it. And lonely. Yeah. You're like, you're surrounded by people, but you're very alone. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, like, the internet is the is completing the circuit between people, but it is killing us inside. <laughs> there is so much going on in this movie. Like, it is a movie that you should watch in your, uh, you know, undergraduate I thought you were like your most class. soberest state. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like, this is definitely not the kind of movie you're cracking beers and hooting and hollering through. Like, you, you put on your thinking cap and you rub your chin a whole lot while you're watching it. Because the other, the, there, man, so many ideas in this movie. And the, the, it's it's like the, the filmmaker is just like, oh, the internet, it explains it all. I've had this idea for five different movies and like I can do it all in this one. And I, uh, I don't know. But <laughs> but uh, it, it talks about the idea that the afterlife has a, like, like the earth, has a finite amount of space. Yeah, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Yeah, the ghosts will haunt the internet. That's the idea. <laughs> the so, ghosts will haunt the internet. So it's like the, the the cup is overflowing, and we are at a point now where the we're starting to see ghosts, and they're interacting with with us in the real world because they don't have anywhere else to go, and that uh, they need somewhere to go. And I don't know if the movie ever necessarily a hundred percent says that the internet is the place for them to go and inhabit. But that's such an interesting idea. That's where I get confused because they're definitely inhabiting the real world. Are they using the internet as a gateway between whatever places they're coming from to where they're going? We got a lot of like 
uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Dream Child logic jumping that we're not entirely sure. Like, is it that we're going through the internet? Are we using the internet solely? Is it just a conduit that gives is bridging the circuit toward the real? Yeah, I have no or idea. is that how the the ghosts who have now moved into this world are communicating with the living? But because like they're trying mm. to spook the living, right? They're trying to like. Get out of my way. So, <laughs> no. Uh, this is for me now. There's there is a great moment in but the movie. But also don't though, die. <laughs> where I think it I think it's Mishi, maybe it's um Oh, what's her name again? Junko. I think yes, I think it's Junko. Right before she dies, she's like, also oh. from the flower shop. Also from the flower shop storyline. She's talking about the idea that ghosts wouldn't because there's no more space in Ghostland, mm-hmm. ghosts wouldn't want to kill people because it would just make more ghosts. And they and ghosts. Well, I mean, I, on one hand, you would think they would, because you talk about death being eternal loneliness. You'd think that the ghosts would want buds to hang out with, but like she's trying to say that what they're doing instead is trying to make people immortal by trapping them in their loneliness, and then she fades into ghost mold and sticks to the wall. It's so confusing. And, I mean, episode- the, the, then the the wind comes in and blows her away, and she becomes ashes. There's that, but. But so everybody up to this point and everybody that, you know, becomes fate to this like loneliness haunting of uh-huh. seeing ghosts or going in the for- forbidden room, which we have not talked about yet, <laughs> um, becomes this weird mold thing. Yes. Does that mean they're not ghosts and they're mold? Because what Junko says is, yeah, like we're not going to become ghosts. They don't they want us to be immortal. They don't want us to die. But they all definitely die. Some of them commit suicide. There's one really fucking fantastic suicide in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Oh, you're talking about that girl who jumps off the silo. It's just a random woman we've seen like in passing. She sets up a forbidden room. She's not a character we're following. And she just jumps off a silo it, in a single shot. Yeah, in a completely un, unbroken shot, we see a woman climb up onto a railing, jump off, and hit the ground. It is incredible. Like, I don't know how they did it. It had to be, like, a King Kong-style thing where it's a marionette and we're using, like, forced perspective. And, like, it looks... I think there's an edit at some point when the camera, like, goes down because you there's a so? weird warble. Yeah, I there's got to mm. be a... Uh, it's it's real it is super compelling good. though yeah it's really <laughs> chilling yeah but even more chilling is when we go back at the end of the film and she just like the space where she has committed suicide becomes just like this little vignette that we're i don't know talking about something haunting over and she has become mold yeah it's it's uh i'm having a hard time what is the mold john <laughs> so i mean I, it, you could think of it as like a fate worse than death right like being trapped but if ghosts are still like eternally lonely then what is different than mold being eternally lonely (laughs) they're the same thing is it just like one's a gas and one's a solid like sure i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but so like there there is kind of an idea that the internet is the is the new place that the ghosts would inhabit and i love that idea because what it's doing is essentially treating the internet like another plane Yes, like it's it's real estate, you know, like it is something that you can inhabit. And it's it's fascinating because well one, it's it's I find it super interesting because it is those budding days of the internet. Well, and humans are already thinking about that like, oh, can I upload my consciousness before my body dies? Can I go live, you know, in Facebook's meta? <laughs> yeah, but it's at a time before we really 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 were treating it 
like an alternate reality. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, meta, people are actually spending a shit ton of time in virtual reality now. But even just with the amount of time people spend on the internet, like, you you kind of forget that it's not a real place, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a town that you visit where people live. Uh, it is just a make-believe spot where you check in and check out on stuff people have posted. And in the movie, there's there's a great, like, there's so many great little bits of discussion in the movie where one of them in particular, I think, I think again, Mishi is talking about not knowing the difference between a real person and a ghost. Like, you may as well be a ghost on the internet. And so part of that is, like, how would you ever know whether or not you're communicating with a real person or with a ghost? And even if you were communicating with a real person, it's not actually who they are. It's sort of a reflection of them. It's a ghostly image of a real person. It's, it's, right? It is so philosophically weird and dark and I guess deep uh, <laughs> depending on how much credit you want to give the people who made it uh, but it is there's also a moment where the flower shop boss is just talking about friendship and how like yeah fuck yeah. friends well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so like that's the thing I think it's just like it is about how it's impossible to make connections and even when you think you have it's just like the people like something that he says there is like making uh, you try and talk to a person, a friend, and then you end up hurting them. So then the friendship becomes soured. And like, what was the point ever in making a friend? Like having a friend and somebody you trust is supposed to be somebody that can say those things to you, but they hurt even more when somebody's being honest with you about maybe how shitty of a person you are, or how sad you've been. Um, and so what, what, what was ever the point of even building those connections? If they'll break just as easy. If they'll break just as easy, yeah. So it, it's kind of like you think, you, you think you're surrounded by people you trust and love and people that respect you or whatever, but like you're just as lonely as you were than when you were alone. Mm-hmm. And I love that he's the plant shop guy because he's basically just like, all I need are my fucking plants in my greenhouse and I'm good. Like, I you'd love expect him, my rooftop. Right? You would expect <laughs> him to just like throw his arms around two orchids and be like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> he disappears too, though. Uh- <laughs> Everyone disappears. But it, it is really interesting thinking about that because it, it also says a lot about the human condition just in how the movie ends because our two storylines eventually combine and Michi and Ryosuke come together like two dots. They're practically like, yeah, everybody, right? Everybody else has lost and they're like the only two people left in Tokyo who are fighting to remain human and they're naturally connecting. They they don't know each other. They don't, um, none, of the, none of their backstories align. Their personalities are different. They come from two different worlds, but they just, they come together and they try to stay together. Yeah. Even when, you know, one has to go back because, you know, his beloved has seen a ghost and is definitely going to turn into dust soon. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I always like it when a movie's got stuff that you can sort of like talk about and chew on afterward, but... I uh, mm, I don't I don't a hundred percent know the exact points it's trying to make. It was a it was a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of movie. Yeah, it is a lot. So let's let's then at least talk about the Forbidden Room. I want to talk about the Forbidden Room yeah. because horror movie logic it is fucking great. It's got a simple, high level, really easy, clickbaity <laughs> compellingness to it. It's red tape. Why always red tape? For some reason, it works at keeping ghosts out. You know, the internet doesn't work, but red tape 
does. Oh, I love the idea that you just need to seal off any surface so a ghost can't just like whoop slip, <laughs> slip through. Like, oh shit, we got a go- a ghost came in through the cracks. <laughs> and the ghosts happened to just pick a room at random. I always I assumed it was rooms with a computer in them. So I think there's there is a quick little backstory about a guy who realizes that there's something wrong with a room. Like he can just feel a presence in it. In like the construction yard. Yeah. Right? And then he so he seals it off. He just he he's the first person to get the red tape. Like it's just it's just visual stuff for the movie. It has nothing to do like it doesn't have the to be. The origins red tape. of the red tape. Yeah. It does have to be red tape, John. Does it? I don't know. Okay. Well, okay. So uh <laughs> um The printout says get red tape. The ghosts have decided that they like it. <laughs> the idea is that he has sealed off a room because a ghost has spilled over from the afterlife. There's no more space. He doesn't know where to go. And it's like, okay, cool. This is your room now. I'm going to seal it off so you can't get out. Seems a little cruel. Don't get me wrong. He's imprisoning a ghost. Uh, and then he just, and then like the, the then there's another ghost. So he has to like seal off the whole building. He can't just seal off this whole room. But then the building gets broken down, gets demolished. The ghosts get out. And uh, they zoom in on a uh, a phone line connection. So you're <laughs> so that's where the ghosts escape. So to. the ghosts, the ghosts like, uploaded themselves <laughs> online. Slurp. <laughs> so I, I think the forbidden room is just a room where someone has trapped either a ghost or some ghosts. Like I don't think it's there's no real importance to it other than the fact that the ghost hasn't been able to get out of there yet. Mm-hmm. But when our guy, Yabe, who is also working at the flower shop. Uh, also a computer guy. Also a computer guy at the flower shop. <laughs> not the, he's the computer guy now. Uh, <laughs> finds the forbidden room. Don't know how he found it. Nope. Totally fine. No Don't idea. Care. Goes, Don't care. Goes in. Finds, basically finds a note in, uh, in, in Taguchi's apartment that just says the forbidden room. And then the next thing you know, he comes across a door that's taped up. He's like, well, that's gotta be my forbidden room. <laughs> Walks his way downstairs and becomes like, just goes into a goddamn nightmare. Like, I love... It is the best scene of the whole movie. Yeah. Like, there's so much nightmare logic and so much just nightmare imagery in this movie. I think it's probably why we're talking about it like it's a David Lynch thing. That is the most Lynchian part oh, of the whole yeah. film as well. Because yeah. he enters into this really well-lit, like, spotlight <laughs> on, a, on a back wall. But it's been covered in the red tape. And I was thinking... It also that, has a couch there. Like, you're supp- like it's an art installation. So I was thinking the red tape was emulating a computer screen. Okay. Like a big, big screen on the wall I almost. Like that. I don't know. That's Whatever. what I was thinking. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, but so he's he's in there and he's already terrified because it's fucking creepy. And the sound effects we haven't talked about, but the sound and the, I guess you would call it the score. It's a lot of um, like that water wheel thing that like, Bloo! I can't, you can't do make that sound with your mouth. But. Hold on a second. Let me just insert a quick little clip. <laughs> Thank you. That's what it sounds like. And a lot of operatic like, oh, ghosts. I'm there. (laughs) It's really good. Uh, But you're already scared before anything starts happening. And then there's a fucking woman who's definitely a ghost, even though she's just like plain old woman wearing a black dress and dark corner and her movements. It's unnerving. She walks like slow motion, but there's like a dancer-like quality to it. Almost like she's weightless or she's walking on the moon. It looks great. Like a plane she's not normally walking on. Okay, all right. (laughs) 
There's one point where you start to get used to like her mannerisms and the mannerisms of her steps and you're literally watching her foot step down on the ground and then it's like her knee buckles into like a dance movement. It's really good. And you're like, I'm not okay. <laughs> I'm not okay. Yeah, no, it's some real red room shit. Like we're in the fucking Black Lodge. He's hiding behind one of the chairs. He she looks kind of disappears. There's no feet there, but then her fucking hands climb over the couch right? and she's like peekaboo. It's bitch <laughs> it's it's pretty goddamn scary it works really really well uh, and uh, yeah a lot of that definitely comes down to like sound design and whatnot there is so much room tone in this movie like it's and it's the computers like it's supposed to be the the ever-growing hum of computers which i'm sure if you were like a middle-aged person in the late 90s early 2000s drove you fucking insane like all of a sudden there's computers everywhere and they all sound like <laughs> when they're not sounding like when you pick up the phone like there's just so much goddamn noise <laughs> and then occasionally the noise yeah, just yeah. yeah occasionally the noise just disappears and you're dealing with a single like isolated voice saying help me oh and you're it's like, so fucking close ugh. in like the mix and you're just like no get out of my ear <laughs> it's like the, the scares in this movie are gugga great yeah like it's really, really <laughs> were you gugga really... ghosting a gugga great i guess so like, i it just sounded like a fun thing to say <laughs> But yeah, like it really, really effective scares. There's the occasional sort of like creepy moment where you're like, okay, yeah, you know, I've seen this before. Whatever, 2001 J horror. And then the next thing you know, you're peeing your pants. <laughs> yeah, there was um the final big ghost scare when Ryosuke finally enters the forbidden room, even though you know he's like, this isn't right. Ghosts aren't real. Well, and and she says like... to him like, if you see a room that's got any red tape on it, you stay the fuck away from that room. And everybody in his life has been haunted, and he keeps like surfing on through, being like, nope, that I, we're not alone we're fine we're never gonna die and you think he's almost immune to it like yeah. his personality has has the immunity to survive through this apocalypse is what it is yeah he's just gonna continue to like flat iron his hair through the apocalypse <laughs> but then he goes into a forbidden room because no reason and well the door opens all creepily wouldn't you check yeah uh, might not <laughs> after all we've learned yeah <laughs> he goes in and there's this really spooky blurry ghost there who's like hey i'm real and he's like no you're not i'm gonna hug you and then he does and then it's still there yeah. and we have to watch it come right up to the camera it's really, really uncomfortable. Well, and like, it's it's hard to really explain on the podcast, but like, the ghosts have had a vision, like a look to them, and like this one especially too. Like he's, you know, classic ghost. He's there, but not there, kind of. You can see through him. Yeah, but what, as he leans into the camera, like his eyes materialize a little more. It is real fucking creepy, guys. Yeah, I really and it. the movie, I will admit, is very sluggish. A lot of scenes go on too long. We see a lot of characters do a lot of boring things <laughs> but when the ghost scenes go on too long you oh that's where it sings yeah. yeah like you just want out like you crawl in your skin at those moments i think there's purpose to like the other scenes going on too long because it really it sets you up so you know you're not gonna escape these scary scenes mm. because you know how the film is paced if that makes sense yeah no totally yeah and i thoroughly wanted out of that final ghost sequence i was like no no i don't need to see him come closer no thank you <laughs> And and the last shot of the movie, like, they've escaped, you know, fucking zombie style. They've escaped to a boat, and they're just going to, like, continue pinging around the ocean until they find more survivors. Like, you get the impression that the five people on this boat that they've found are the last people alive in Japan. It's crazy. Yeah. And we just continue to pull out up into the sky, 
and we just see this boat sort of like bouncing around the ocean, kind of like one single dot in that computer screen, just like walking around looking Aww. for another dot. Like it's constantly, even in the, like, and this is an interesting t- thing too about apocalypse movies that I don't think never ever really gets addressed. People are always looking for other people. Like in a zombie apocalypse That's movie. That's so true. And it's not like, I need a cure. I need medicine. I mean, sometimes, but a lot of it's just like, we need to find more survivors. You're like, why? Well, because we need to rebuild civilization. Why? <laughs> you know, like, it's just because that's just what we do. Like, we just constantly seek out connections with other people. Wow, that's so profound. But isn't that, the, well, that's, that's also why, like, they built the internet, you know? Like, it was to connect, and it's 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 been our downfall. <laughs> like, they predicted it in 20, 2001, and we're living it today in 2023. Yeah. It's, it's a weirdly... I, I, I don't necessarily want to say like profound, but it is. I guess I just don't want to make, I just don't want to oversell the message of the movie because it is also just a really cool J-horror scare movie. But it's it's not, I was not expecting how uh, how much of a conversation it wanted to have yeah, about like, humanity. I do not remember the Americanized one making me think, wow, humans are destined to be alone forever. But now I need to rewatch it. Cause I, that I doesn't def- sound like an emotion Americans want to have at the <laughs> no, movie theater. <laughs> no. The emotion they want to have is like, oh, so if you you reunite the dead ghost with its mother, it'll go away and everybody will be happy. Can I tell you what my main emotions are at a movie theater? Mm-mm, salty, mm-mm, sweet. <laughs> like, those, are, those are my emotions. Mm-mm, spooky, mm-mm, dark. Yeah, exactly, right? And like, if, if I can get distracted for a half a second with an explosion or a scary face, I'm good. Like, that's all I want at the movie theater. I don't want to sit here and get sad and think about death and stuff. But that's exactly what Pulse did for us. Kim, how would you, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? No, I just definitively, have we decided, like, are they using the internet as, uh, a, like, a connectivity device or is it a location? Because why the forbidden room? Why isn't the forbidden room like a chat room on the internet? <laughs> Good question. Uh, maybe the forbidden room is the dial-up connection the ghosts need to get into the internet. I don't know. I or d- out. Or out of. Uh, I'm going to give it a two and a half out of four. I'm also a two and a half out of four. Yeah, I, I, I'll say this: a strong two and a half out of four. It is a strong two half, two and a half out of four. It's just a very long, slow movie. Yeah. Uh, but the themes and the the actual scare sequences themselves, top notch. Oh yeah, really well made movie. There's the occasional like shot that is just brilliant and like gorgeous. Uh, so like it's a really well made movie. But yeah, it's, it is quite long sometimes. There's some meandering. And yeah. a lot of the characters just like stand here and then go over and sit here and then go over and stand here. <laughs> yeah. And then look, a curtain. Like <laughs> there's a ladybug on the on the control panel. Okay. Let him go. I'm actually really glad this recording has gone well because um, before we recorded this, our dog ate our plug. The power, yes. The, the, <laughs> the cord on the adapter for the mixer. Which is a very specific cord that uh, would have taken, you know, uh, several weeks to order in. And luckily, John was able to tape the shit out of it. And so far, so good. Yeah, and yeah, spliced it together. Okay. <laughs> Regardless, though, Pulse 
2.5 out of 4 from the both of us. Uh, looks like the critics uh, were maybe around the same rating, maybe just a little bit higher than us. Uh, but uh, let us know what you thought of Pulse, either the American remake or the the 2000 uh, the 2001 original. We're, we're very interested to hear what you have to say about either of those. And movies. we'd also love to hear some of your J-horror recommendations. We're going to be checking out a few uh, in theme for these couple of episodes, and we got another one coming at you soon. But until then, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends.